Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Very warm welcome to the Headliner Radio podcast. Today I'm joined by David Pramick, a music producer and songwriter based in Los Angeles. David, what's going on, man? Great to have you on the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Good stuff. No, it's uh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be chatting to you today, man. It's um, I know it's kind of uh, kind of early where you are, but it's uh, it's great to be it's great to be connected from across the pond. Um, yeah. <laughs> how are things uh, where you are, David? Are you sort of all good, keeping yourself busy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the pandemic was weird, obviously, but uh, I've been I'm happy to say it's been a very very busy year. Uh, I've been working a lot, so it's been it's been great. Awesome, man. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. It's been a hard time for for a lot of people working in music, obviously. Well, creatives in general, but um, that's great that you've uh, that you've had some some stuff to keep you keep you busy, keep you productive. That's cool. Um, is there anything you can tell us about? I know there's probably a few things you're working on that that might be uh, sort of a hush hush at the moment. But um, what have you been up to? What have you been up to recently? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, so much. It's funny. Like uh, we don't need to get into the into the weeds of it, but you know, a large part of the, of the creative community and, and the people who do what I do uh, moved over to Zoom sessions, which at first was just the worst thing ever. Um, <laughs> but somehow, at least for me, during the, during the pandemic and during lockdown, I found a, a groove with a couple of artists and we just locked in and made a bunch of excellent music. Um, two artists in particular that I really locked in with and ended up doing quite a bit with was uh, this amazing girl named Chloe Moriando. She's signed to Electro. Okay. Uh, and uh, we ended up doing five songs. Quite a few of them were singles. The al- her album just came out maybe two or three or maybe four weeks ago, but fairly recently. Um, and she's just one of my favorite acts to work with. She's lovely. I just saw her in person in L.A. about a week ago, and it was just such a joy to see someone that I've known so well on the screen in yeah. person. <laughs> um, but Chloe, Chloe was a really big part of my, of my, of my pandemic times. Um, and then I'm also uh, working a bunch with this country artist named Tennille Towns, yes. uh, who is yes. just a joy. Uh, we have our first song out together. It's a single uh, coming out in about 10 days. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah, but her and I have done, gosh, I think maybe eight songs at this point. I'm not sure how many will see the light of day or not. But just, you know, I, it seems like my pandemic times, I've just locked in with a couple of artists and just really done a lot. Uh, and it's been glorious. That's great, man. That's great. No, yeah. Tenil Towns. We've um, we spoke to her before uh, oh, for, for the podcast, and she's she's fantastic. So yeah, that's great. She's um, human man. I'm such just a fan of her personally. That's I didn't know you guys had spoken. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool, man. That's that, that sounds great. Um, now, David, you've written and produced songs for a number of artists. I'm just going to read off a few here: Selena Gomez, BB Rexa, Logic, Rag and Bone Man, uh, Ex Ambassadors, Machine Gun Kelly, Oliver Tree. Um, who's a curious, curious guy, um, and there's and there's many more um, yeah. on this list. Uh, but h- how did you first start out in music, David? What co- what come first for you? Was it because I know you're sort of a producer and songwriter? Um, what 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 sort of come first for you? Was it the production side or, or the songwriting? Uh, I would say songwriting side. Mm, um, okay. The quick dirty of my musical path was uh my dad is a piano player in los angeles um okay and so music was always just obviously uh you know very present in my household and the rule was my mom made the rule uh that my dad couldn't push music on us until we were interested but the moment that my best friend when i was like 11 or 13 or something when my best friend got a guitar because he wanted to be like tom DeLong of blink 182 uh <laughs> 
then I said, I think maybe in passing, I want a guitar. And my dad is just like jumps on it. And the very next day I have some, you know, cheap Yamaha acoustic sitting in my bedroom. And from that point forward, I'm just playing. And, uh, I didn't start producing until I was maybe 18, but along the way I had a band where I was sort of like the, the band runner and I wrote all the songs and I sang all the songs mm-hmm. and I, and I did a lot of arrangement stuff with them. So in a way I learned how to produce by working with the band who, you know, they were my best friends at the time and just, you know, saying, Oh guys, I want to hear this section or let's go into a halftime. And, and I sort of learned, I suppose, arrangement skills might be the right terminology. Yeah. And I am positive that those arrangement skills that I developed early on, uh, continue to play a really, uh, Im- impactful role in my, in my present tense sure. workflow. Okay. Okay. And, and when did you first kind of get your first big projects, David, that, I mean, sometimes it it happens gradually for, for some producers and engineers, and but sometimes there is a, a particular, you know, a first big project that they get that kind of opens a bunch of doors um, and leads to, you know, uh, a load more projects. Was there any? Was there a moment like that for you, or how did it sort of how did it sort of happen? Yeah, there was one song in particular uh, that just that opened the door. I went from having nothing going on to having stuff going on all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, uh, when I got to Los Angeles, I'm, I'm from Los Angeles area in the first place. That's where I was born and raised, sure. a little north of, of, of town, but the area. Uh, and then I went to college in Boston, uh, and then I came back. And when I came back, that was 2012, and I was probably pitter-pattering around trying to do stuff, but not really in the real game. You know, okay. I mean, I was yeah. in some sort of offshoot type of thing. Uh, for anywhere between a year to two years, maybe two and a half, It's it's the, the timeline's a bit fuzzy now, but after some time... Uh, I end up working on this song uh, that, uh, longer story, makes its way to this guy named Bryce Fox. And uh, he was an independent artist. And the song we did was called Horns. And it was half written. And then he got it. And he just turned it into something amazing. He's one of my favorite artists to work with. He's Mm. Bryce Fox, just like holy. Um, But we did this song called Horns. um, And immediately that blew up for him. Uh, as an independent artist, it went great. I think it has 80 million streams now, uh, which oh, wow. for India is just fantastic. Um, it sinks. It makes its way into commercials and TVs and movies, uh, TV and movies all the time, all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for me, you know, at this point, I didn't know anybody in the industry. <clears throat> and once horns happened uh, very, very quickly, I want to say like a week after we even wrote the song and made it, even before it came out, um, it made its way to the person who eventually became my manager. Uh, and then he and I quickly started working together. And after a few months, he introduced me to my publisher, which is Prescription Songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally, I mean, within four or five months of me just writing that song, I had a team. And once I had a team, the whole thing broke out because now it's not just me trying to tell people that I'm good at what I do. I have other people to back me up and say, no, trust me, he's good. <laughs> and I think after my publishing, uh, after I got published, I think within six months, I had my first major label song released. Uh, within maybe nine months of, of signing or just a few months after that song came out, I had my first major label production, which was with Vic Mensa. Okay. Uh, and then just very quickly, I just was working all the time. And, you know, since then, my I, I get, you know, bigger artists and more artists and, and the door continues to open. But that's kind of how it happened. Okay. And, I mean, I'm just reading here, David, you, you've had a few sync placements yourself in, in film and TV. Um, and I, I guess while it must be nice to to hear your work on the radio, it must also be quite nice to to hear it on the TV as well, right? 
uh, it's 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 fantastic. It's very cool. You know, I've I've been able to have a couple of songs in you know major films, and that's just always an amazing experience to hear because you're watching something and you're you know wrapped up in the narrative of the movie, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh wait, that's me. Oh my god, you know, and that's just uh, that's pretty rad. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's great. Um, and also you've received a bunch of uh, Grammy nominations as well. Um, we were talking about it very briefly off the call, uh, off air a moment ago. Um, you've had some Grammy noms for, for a few big rock and metal records. Um, tell me a little bit about that, Dave, because I'm curious to know if that's kind of your preferred genre to work in. Um, do you find working with that particular sound, um, you know, very drum heavy sound kind of suits your workflow? Um, yeah, I would say half and half. I think my very favorite thing about uh, my role in the music business is that I can do so, so many genres. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if I were an artist, it would be reasonable that I would need to stay within one genre, right? That's kind of sure. the point. Yeah. I hear, I don't know, Eminem pull out with a country record tomorrow. That would be pretty <laughs> ridiculous. Um, Imagine. But, <clears throat> but for me, I'm behind the scenes. I'm uh, essentially anonymous. Uh, for the most part, so I, I can do whatever, and so I love to do rock. Rock is my home. When I was uh, when I was in high school, I was totally a metalhead, Pantera, Metallica, Iron yeah, Maiden. Yeah, let's yeah. go. Um, and so, and I'm, a, and I'm a guitar player too. And guitar just you know naturally uh, is best friends with rock music. So mm-hmm. that is a, a very uh, comfortable place for me to work in, um, and I've had a lot of success there, and I'm thrilled about that. But what I love about being a producer is that I can really span genres uh just yesterday i did an r&b thing with this amazing artist out of the uk named may muller and she's just glorious nice. and that's more r&b pop and no rock elements whatsoever i've done a lot with Elinium, who's a dance uh artist i've done oliver tree who's you know fairly rocky uh-huh. chloe is somewhat rocky to towns is country i do hyper pop i've done hip-hop i've done straight down the middle pop and i i love that that variety that just keeps it exciting because i think if I were doing the same thing, even if it's something I love, the same thing day in, day out would probably start to lose its shine. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah, um, that's great, man. Yeah. But you asked about the Grammys thing, too. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So with the Grammys, um, that was just uh, really amazing. I mean, so the first the first nominations that I had uh, was with a band called Nothing More. The song was called Go to War, which interestingly yes. enough, I just told the quick, the quick uh, story about how I... I uh, found my manager, then got signed to Prescription. Well, Prescription put me in with nothing more. I want to say a month after we signed. I mean, I mean early. Pretty I mean, quick. like, yeah, yeah. And and you know, at, at this point, I'm not necessarily. <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Um, I'm not necessarily at a pro level here. I, I still am a, am a am a kid, and I still <laughs> I don't know. I, I remember being like scared. I remember that distinctly. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, and nothing more. The guys were awesome. They drove up that we came to my studio and we just started working. We'd never met before. We start writing a song and right off the bat, this song go to war shows itself. And it's very quickly like, Oh, this is a vibe. Like this is sick. Uh Um, and, and by the end of the day, we have the song. It's, it's, I would say like 70, 60 to 70% there, you know, it needs finishing, but we know what the heck it is. It's in front of us. Right. Um, and then they head out and, and I don't think I really talk much with them because they i think they're from i believe san antonio texas whatever it is they're not from los angeles and so they were just visiting and so uh this is just a one-off uh and then the song comes out i'm not sure how much later if it was a year or nine months or something but the song comes out it starts to do really well it performs really well on radio it eventually makes its way to the number one spot on rock radio for a couple weeks which was just amazing um 
And then the Grammy nominations uh, get announced. And in no way, shape or form was I or anyone on my team expecting to be nominated. I was still very early in my career. I think I had been in the real game for maybe two years by this point. I mean, just early, just very early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I remember very distinctly, I actually, this is kind of crazy, and I, I think it was actually my birthday. Uh, literally on the morning of my birthday, I'm pretty much positive. I need to go double check this. On the morning of my birthday, I wake up to a bunch of texts from my manager just being like, holy shit, holy shit. I, I'm sorry if I'm not allowed to cuss, but no, no, oh my good. God. My God. <laughs> okay. Um, but just, oh, you know, just, just, just like full on, just, you know, it, like, oh my God. And then he sends these screenshots and it's screenshots of the nominations. And we got nominated for Rock Song of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I know it was definitely rock song because my name was on it. And so that was my like official nomination. Yeah, yeah. I believe it was also best rock performance of the year for that song, which the guys crushed. Yes. Best, and, best metal performance. I'm just reading uh, here. Thank uh, you. Best rock performance. Yeah. And uh, best rock song, best rock album, best rock performance. So tri- triple threat. Uh, thank you for pulling that up for me. I yeah, appreciate man. it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, out of nowhere, I got, I got three, you know, some of those, my name isn't actually on, so I don't know if I get to take credit for them, but I got, I had a genuine nomination with, with best rock song and, um, Fantastic. and that was just game changing. And obviously now, you know, from that point forward, I could say Grammy nominated, which you were speaking of things that open doors. I mean, that, that just opens doors, you know, it doesn't lock anything down. I still have to nut up and, and do a great job when I actually get in with an artist, but now certain artists are going to just be like, Oh, who's that guy? Oh, nominated. Okay. Yeah, of course we'll give it a shot. Mm. You know, that really did a lot for my career for sure. Awesome, man. That's great. That's great. And now I want to talk a little bit about, uh, your workflow and your process, uh, David, cause I mean, that's the, the whole point of this this podcast it's the process um headline radio so um tell me about i mean it must vary depending on you know you're working on all these different projects uh, in all these different genres so it must vary quite a lot but i'm just curious to know if you've got like a general approach to to writing and producing and and collaborating um i suppose um yeah um yeah i mean you know the way that the way that these days go is the way that these sessions go is whether it's on Zoom or in person, it's fairly similar. Sure, yeah. you know, show up and and meet these people for the first time sometimes, um, and then just get a hang. So you know, maybe there's like an hour or, or thirty minutes of chit chat just to generate some kind of common ground and friendship. You know, just so we're not sure. too professional feeling and, and, and going in blind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then we start getting into it. Um, and my first thing, and this is really, really what I've learned is like, first thing is I need to know who this artist is. If I know them, then, then I'm already there. But if I don't, then I make a point that morning, maybe while I'm, you know, getting dressed or whatever to just play a lot of their music and play some similar artists and just get in the blood and find out like, okay, these are the types of chords. Okay. They like, they like darker tones. They like, you know, just, just, just understand what kind of meal I'm supposed to cook Uh today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we just get going. And so usually it starts on me to sort of find a basic vibe. Um, and depending on the artist, that's going to be, I'll pick up a guitar and just start strumming something until the artist or, or the accompanying songwriter goes, Ooh, Ooh, you know, or, or maybe the guitar isn't appropriate and I just kick up an 808 or I get some drums or, you know, I'm just, there's this mad dash with production, uh, at least in my world, it's the first 20 minutes of the music making process. All eyes are on me. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, it's, it's intense. And thankfully I I'm personally a bit of an adrenaline, uh, oriented producer. When I get adrenaline, I just kick in and I kind of black out. Um, 
And, and I just go until I find that thing. And there's about 20 minutes before the whole room starts to lose some steam. Um, and, uh, and I just try to find this core something. And it's just a loop. It's just some chords. It's, yeah. just, it's just an 808 thing. It's, just, like, it's very minimal. It's not, not a ton going on. But once we have that little cornerstone, and once the room is moving and we start, you know, there's, there's some action happening in the room, then the whole thing goes. And then from that point, for me, my usual process is, I'm going to be going through the song and trying to produce and get the sections. Um, I generally don't get too involved in lyric writing. I do sometimes I'll I'll toss a line in here and there, or I'll get involved on the concept overall just to make sure that it's, I don't know, going in a direction that I personally resonate sure. with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's the artist's choice first, of course, but you know, I'll, I'll have a voice there, but lyrics I like to leave to the artist because you know, it's they're they're the ones that are going to be saying this on tour, not me. So I have no business telling them what to say, right? Um, <laughs> but melodically, I'll definitely get involved. I'll sing a bunch of stuff. Generally, like I'm producing, and I'm sort of like half listening to the folks behind me, or if it's on Zoom, then half listening to the to the writer and the artist. The ones uh, in front of you, through, yeah, yeah, on Zoom through the screen, and just every so often, I'll just kind of pop in with some kind of melody, sing it. If it sticks, great. If it doesn't keep moving um but i'm spending the majority of my time on production and just try to make it sound as great as possible as quickly as possible okay yeah that makes complete sense that's uh that's great and i suppose one of the ways um that you kind of streamline everything and and then do things as quickly as possible like you say is is with uh plugins and all these different audio tools that are at your disposal these days Um, i mean there's so many so many options out there but i know you're a big fan of of soothe um, from Oak Sound, um, yeah. it's a very very handy little tool. It's it's uh, it's game changing, and I'm not just saying that because you brought it up. I promise. Um, <laughs> like it's 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 a good example is actually that artist Tennille Towns. So she has an incredible voice. I mean, I'm just such a huge fan. Um, but in her voice, there is this quality of like this brassiness is maybe the word. I don't know if that's the right word or just you know she has this amazing power behind her vocal, and that's I think like her. That's like her superpower, you know? Sure. Um, but that power can be a little unwieldy sometimes uh, in the session. And and I've learned uh, over time working with her that I actually have a whole kind of template set up for her vocal that includes Soothe. And Soothe is kind of the magic button because it can clean up that part. Every once in a while, she'll get on this specific vowel and there'll just be like this, this really resonant spot in her vocal that's a bit unwieldy and you know i used to before i had soothe i would like automate with an eq or i would automate with some compression or i would, I would do all these different things i did a bunch to try and find the best method right and sure and some, some were better some weren't um but soothe just just fixes it it's like a fix it's like a fix the resonant frequency button, <laughs> which which just feels like cheating you know and 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 to sort of give you one more real world experience uh on guitars i use it very frequently in the lower mid-range sure. um just to kind of take care of some of that that thumpy bumpy that's not necessarily what I'm after sometimes and the exact same thing I mean it's it's really straightforward it's a pretty straightforward plugin to use mm-hmm. um, and I think my very favorite thing is the uh, I think it's called the delta button on there which just isolates yes. what it's working on that really helps me sort of focus a little farther um, yeah I mean it just it works that's and it does what I'm after and it does it quickly which is really the whole point of any of these tools is do it successfully and do it quickly. Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Um, And I've, yeah, I mean, more than anything, it's just a, it's just a massive time saver, isn't it? Um, I mean, you you know, excuse me. I know you said it's kind of feels like cheating, but it's kind of the whole point really, isn't it? You know, if you're, 
you know, spending a lot of time notching out these little resonances here and there, it will take you, you know, you spend so much more time on a project, waste so much more time on a project. Um, yeah. But I, I'm just thinking, like, if you've been doing a lot of Zoom sessions as well, David, have you been working with artists who are kind of recording themselves in their own spaces, like in like an untreated room or just in their bedroom or whatever, and just sending you a vocal? I suppose it would be good for for stuff like that, right? When you know, just sending you a raw vocal, just recorded in their room or whatever, and you've you've got all these little peaks and and troughs that you wanna that you wanna notch out. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Um, in fact, that's exactly what I'm kind of referring to when I speak on on Tennille, for example. It's like sure, almost yeah. we've done a little bit in person because I stopped through Nashville about a month ago. But um, but more of my songs with her are are recorded herself, and she's a great engineer. Actually, she recorded herself very well. She uses an SM7, and honestly, it's a great mic for her. But SM7 has some some resonant things. Her room is decently treated, but exactly what you're saying mm-hmm. is like. Yes. Like Soothe is really like, without a doubt, I use Soothe most on vocals and I use it on probably every vocal in varying levels of, of, uh, uh aggressive Intensity. settings. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's also a fantastic de-esser by the way. We had, we didn't bring that up, but it's definitely my favorite de-esser. It just, it's, yeah, it, it's perfect for those exact settings. You're right. Okay, cool. And are you dealing with transients much as well? I don't know if that's something because you've got Spiff as well. Um, another one of, well, one of the only two plugins that the Oak Sound <laughs> do. I mean, they're very obviously they're very useful, but um, transients. Uh, it's more of a sort of transient shaper and, and designer. Is that something that you kind of been using as well, or is it not really not really your thing? To be honest, I've only used it maybe a small handful of times. I haven't okay. used it on a practical mixing level, but that's not because it's not good for that. It's just that sometimes it just takes a while for you to sort of digest the best use for a plugin. Sure. And yeah, yeah. I'll admit that I haven't done that yet on that level with Spiff, but I have used it creatively a handful of times. There, there are some really interesting presets in there. I couldn't even remember what they were, but some presets where it's like, remove the attack completely from a guitar, and you slap that on, and okay. it's just like, what the fuck am I listening to? <laughs> And you know what I mean? Like that's half the battle too, is like, I want to sound interesting and I want to be surprised. And, and, and that type of thing is sort of the function that I've gotten to know. Um, yeah, yeah. Just this conversation alone, I'm going to have to go back in and understand it from a more technical aspect. But um, from that aspect, it's just been lovely just to have weird sounds that I could not create any other way. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, start to start to use those tools. And, and that's just exciting to have, a whole new landscape of sound. Yeah, that's cool, man. Sounds like there's a bit of room for experimentation with that with that particular tool yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, and actually, to be honest, with Sooth too, if you go really aggressive, it gets this weird squeakiness, which is generally considered undesirable, but there is definitely some application for that to be cool. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely, man. Okay, great. That's great. Um, what's what's on the, on the agenda for you, David? I know, obviously... You've been very busy recently, um, but is there any projects coming up um, that you can tell us about that uh, that you're excited about, or you know, I'm sure there's some that you probably can't tell us about for whatever reason. But um, yeah. yeah, I never know what I'm allowed to talk about. To be totally, <laughs> um, but I've got some great. Okay, I know, I know what I can't talk about for sure. But I've got some great stuff. Uh, I've got uh, a couple songs with uh, with Fletcher, this amazing singer that uh, I'm working on this week uh, and trying to get out. But that'll be great. Uh, Fletcher's great. I do a lot with this uh, this band called One Okay Rock. Okay, and I've got some songs I'm working on for them right now as well. 
Um, I just recently worked a bit with Youngblood, who's amazing. Nice. And we've got some great records. I don't know the status of 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 their of their release schedule, but they're just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then of course, like you know, plenty more to Neil that's coming out, and plenty more Chloe Moriando that's coming out as well. Um, yeah, I'm across the board, man. I've got a lot. It's it's very exciting, and I believe actually this Friday, just a couple of days from now. I'm not sure when you put this podcast out, but. Um, Bryce Fox, uh, that artist that I did that song Horns with, that mm-hmm. was the beginning of my career. He and I have a whole bunch more music that's been waiting in the wings, and it's going to start rolling out this nice. year. And we've got one of our songs called Hate Myself that's coming out this Friday, which is one of my favorites. It's a, it's such a fun, fun record. Awesome, man. That's great. That's great that you've got kind of so much, you know, on on the uh, on your plate, ready to ready to go to keep you busy. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. And and so varied as well your work. Um, it just must just be really nice to just, you know, things are just kept fresh all the time, which is great. Yeah, man. That's like I said before, that is absolutely my favorite thing. I can be really aggressive and toothy and snarly and rockish one day. And then I can go into a completely different palette of poppy, clean, fresh the next. And that is just like, that's without a doubt my favorite part of this entire thing. I just get to get to be, you know, get to stretch, you know, and that's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Exciting. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, thanks so much, David, for for chatting to us today, man. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure to uh, to to sort of just hear about what you've been up to, talk about a bit of your you know your process. Um, it's been really great. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm really uh, thrilled to chat with you. No, oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, listen, uh, best of luck with all the projects you've got going on at the moment. Um, nice one, man. All right, we'll catch up soon. Take care, David. Uh, you too, man. Cheers, thanks. man. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.